So before we let our children go to junior worship, if you're taking your children in that direction, you're going to notice some fifth graders spreading out with invitation cards. Swing by one of them and pick up one because we want everybody to get that. So get one of these cards. So with that in mind, we want to let um, our children ages three through third grade make their way in that direction to junior worship. Those of you who are staying in here, let's take our Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5. And as we're turning there, I want to remind you of a very important aspect of our worship assembly, and that is the offering that we bring each week to God. And we so appreciate your faithfulness with your aspect of worshiping through your offering. There are four ways we make it available for you. You can mail a check to the church address. You can give an automatic draft through your bank. You can go online to our website, find the box on eastsidesprings.com that says give. Follow the easy instructions or if you're here in person, you can drop your offering off at the table on the way out. Um, in, in the middle of the auditorium here and if you're not here with us in person we're delighted to have you with us live streaming with us you're, we're honored and humbled to have you in your presence here with us today listen, it's, it's a heavy heart that Linda is here uh, having just lost her, her grandson and I know a lot of you have come this morning and it was probably hard to come here because you're coming with a heavy heart. But you think, maybe it'll help if I just come. And maybe you'll be able to pay attention through this sermon. Maybe you won't. But if, if, you're, if you're burdened, and it's just you're having a hard time focusing, and you need somebody to pray with, our prayer room right now is open. One of our shepherds, Alan Austin, is there. You just follow the signs going in that direction. There should be one or two other people in there. And I want to encourage you. I, my feelings will not be hurt if... Somewhat, somewhere in this sermon, you get up and walk out as long as you go to the prayer room. It happens, you know, you're preaching and somebody gets something. And, and my subconscious is thinking, why did they just leave? You know, what did I say? So, Matthew chapter 5. We have spent the past three Sundays in, in a series of lessons entitled, The Art of Making Disciples. And I could spend the whole year speaking about discipleship and still not have exhausted that topic. But we're just touching on it for four weeks. And so today, I want us to... Um, in this series, in this conversation for today, we'll come back to it certainly because this is our mission with this passage here that's quite familiar to most of, most of us, Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Let's read this together. You are the light of the world. It doesn't say you should be. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Whenever I drive from my house west on Woodman, I believe it's Boulevard, many of you know this route, and you just passed Austin Bluff, you come up on a hill and you're working your way down. 
I am almost every single time reminded of this passage. Because as I look to my left, I see a hill. And because I'm a part of the church family here, I see our church building on that hill. And it doesn't show well in this picture because first of all, our projectors are dying. And so somebody that would step up and donate, and I'm not really kidding, $30,000 so that we can see this, that's what it's going to take to get this up and running again. So there's a little red circle there that's faint there. That is our church building. We are a city on a hill. Every single one of you who came here this morning had to drive up a hill to get here. Now, not unless you live in the apartments across the street from Vickers. If you do, then we're glad that you're here. But if you came Flint Ridge or Vickers, you came up a hill. If you came up the side streets, you came up a hill. As a matter of fact, one of those side streets happens to be named Downhill. So, I mean, I, I think my point is made. There is, years ago, there was a telecommunication company. I don't know the language that they use, but they paid us, a, gave us a substantial amount of money to use our roof because of our high location on the hill overlooking the city so that whatever they're broadcasting from one place, it's picked up here, and this is a relay site where it is passed on. We are a city on a hill. And oftentimes as I'm driving on, on Woodman going, going west and I look over and I see our building, I think to myself, you know, maybe we should even change our name to City on a Hill. And don't, don't worry, this is not my main point of the lesson. But the thought crosses my mind because let's be honest, we're no longer on the east side of the city. And the word city on a hill, it really describes us better geographically. And it certainly, according to the words of Jesus, describes our identity of who we are. As a matter of fact, in January, we had a guest speaker, Dave Blanchard. And he come and came and spoke about the importance of knowing your identity. That's our identity. We are the light of the world. We are a city on a hill. To let that identity drive us. But there is a place where this parallel of our location breaks down with this passage. Though we are located on a hill, we're not like this city here in Jesus' words because his city on a hill was visible and it was well seen. <laughs> our church building is well hidden. I would doubt that there's anyone who's driving in the same direction that I go on on Woodman and they look to their left that they would say hey there's a beautiful brown box like church building I think I want to go there I doubt any of you are here because of that and the problem is that can even happen on Flint Ridge that's our street that our church is on. I have had more than one conversation with people in the community telling them about who we are, telling them about where we are, inviting them to come be a guest of our assembly. And I hear them say these very words, Flint Ridge? I've been driving on Flint Ridge for years. I never knew that you had a church building there. It's like, oh! And so we have worked to 
fix that somewhat. We've taken, we have a beautiful sign that is such a beautiful Colorado style rock. It camouflages in so well you don't even know it's there. So we've worked recently to to make it more visible. We even put lights up on the sign so you could know that we're here at night. Wonderful. Thanks Sarah and Jody for the sign and the lights. But even then, have you ever noticed there's some gorgeous trees blocking our building. If you don't see the sign, you'd look to your left. It must be a kind of a pretty little forested area up there on Flint Ridge. If you don't know, if you miss the sign, you're kind of clueless that we're here. And then, and then, then there's also the challenge of our location. We, we, are, we are off the beaten path, you might say, we're not on a, a main road. And most realtors will tell you, when you're buying a house, most realtors will tell you that if you want to, for a church or a company, there's three things that are super important about where you want to be placed. Location, location, location. There are churches that I am incredibly aware of simply because I can't help but see them every day as I'm driving around in the city. But there are churches I am completely unaware of. I don't even know they exist because they're off the beaten path simply because of our, our location. And that's our case as well. Listen, I think we are too well hidden away. And if we want people to come here and to experience and know Jesus in the church family gathering, we're going to have to do something. I don't think this picture in that building over there in the left corner is going to be the magnetic attraction. I think we have something amazing here. And I really do. But a lot of people aren't aware of it because we're there clueless that we're here. And so that's one reason why in this art of making disciples, one of the simple things, although it takes some level of courage that you can do, is to take the card that was just handed to you by our wonderful uh, young people in the fifth grade. It is an invitation to our, our Easter service as well as on the flip side, it's an invitation to our, our special uh, resurrection celebration Saturday for family and children. I wanted to ask you to take that, to pray over that and think about someone that you can invite to be here on that Saturday on that Sunday because listen it's clear in scripture that the power and the transformative work of the gospel a huge aspect of that is the resurrection of Jesus and on that Sunday Easter Sunday we are going to celebrate the resurrection we are going to proclaim the resurrection I'll do the preaching part. Your job is to get people here. Because listen, there are a lot of folks that just don't go to church, but there's something about Easter and Christmas that people just think, okay, all right, I'll go. So this is like a golden opportunity when folks that normally aren't a part of interesting, being interested in church at all, when they might be more interested than ever in coming. So this is a golden opportunity for us. And here's what's amazing. 
Most people who would get invited to church but haven't been to church haven't come because they've never been invited but they would if they were to be invited. Did that make sense? I kind of said that in a confusing way. The, uh, listen, it takes courage perhaps to invite somebody to church but the odds are in your favor that they will say yes if you will only invite them. Sure, you got to step outside of your comfort zone. You see, it's something more appealing and there's something more attractive than this building, obviously. And there's something more appealing and more attractive than our location. It's what's inside. Years ago, when I first met Matt, Matt Elliott, he was living in, in Tuscaloosa. And when I was, there's got to be a scripture for that distraction. When I, when I was in Tuscaloosa, Matt decided he wanted to take me to one of his favorite restaurants, which if you know Matt, that comes as a big surprise, right? So he decided to take me to this hidden away barbecue place called Dreamland. But Dreamland, to my memory, Matt, was not like just around the corner on this main street. If you, if you look on the map, you'll see up in the upper left-hand corner, if you can see these circles, that's where the airport is. And then the next circle, this is going to be where you see downtown Tuscaloosa is. And then the next circle, you're going to see where the University of Alabama in uh, Tuscaloosa, if you remember, you know what I'm talking about, and they even have a football stadium there. That's where they are, way, way far south. Out of your way is this place called Dreamland, and so, so Matt and I drove there. And then, when we got there, this is the building that I'm pretty sure that I saw. Talking about location and building, I, I'm telling you, if you know Karen well, whenever we're going to a restaurant, she would not have said, hey, let's stop there. Absolutely not. She gauges a restaurant by the first impression of what she, now I'm the kind of guy, the dirtier the barbecue restaurant looks like on the outside, that's going to be good on the inside. But there's not a lot about that sidewalk that's all beaten up that makes you want to go in. And then we went inside, and, and if I remember Matt correctly, I think one of their signature aspects of their restaurant is to make sure you know that they don't feel really good, glad that you're there. Like, they're, like they go out of the way to make you feel unfriendly. We were seated at a table and they gave us, they had just gotten back from Walmart, it seemed like, with the cheapest paper plates you can imagine. They put them on the table there and then they must have opened up the great value white bread and pulled out, probably without even gloves on, five or six pieces of white bread, put it on our our table to eat but let me tell you something the ribs are at dreamland amazing it's what's inside of dreamland that makes people keep coming back that makes people go far out of their way you see there's something more important than a building and its location. So I've already made some sarcastic remarks about it, but have you ever looked closely at our building? I remember one time I was at our part, we work with this organization called Mercy's Gate, 
And Mercy's Gate is this community outreach organization. And they have 60 churches that are, they are uh, partner churches. We're a partner church. And so on the hallway of Mercy's Gate, I was noticing there were pictures of all the church buildings, of all the, all the partner churches. And I was looking for our picture of our church building. And this was the picture I saw. And I thought, I'm just so proud. That's us. I'm sitting there thinking, what possessed someone to walk around here and go, oh, I got to get a picture of that. And if you're that someone, <laughs> sorry, but like, what made someone decide? And we got to get that thing on the internet so people can see our building. Likely, this is where they found it. You click Google Eastside Church of Christ. Oh, they said, oh, that's them. We'll put that picture there. Who is going to look at that picture and say, man, I want to check that place out? Not unless you have a loved one that's incarcerated because <laughs> this looks like a prison. And this looks like the corner of the prison. This is like the, the, the guard tower. You Google Eastside Church of Christ. This is the beautiful picture of our building that comes up. Let's go to the next picture. And you could easily replace Church of Christ with Welcome to Eastside Correctional Institute. <laughs> and okay, all right. So that's what a church is all about, correctional. But here is where the important words of Jesus come in here. Jesus is not talking literally about building, thankfully. <laughs> he's not talking literally about a location he's not talking literally about a city he's talking about what's inside that city the followers of Jesus disciples of Jesus who by the lives that they live are magnetic and they're shining an incredible light for Jesus Christ in the community Notice what he says in verse 16. Just like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. And this is our key verse. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your building from a main street as they drive by. doesn't say that. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and say, wow, Keith, you are amazing. Georgia what I see you do. No. That they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Our objective is to bring glory to God. Our objective is to direct people to Jesus. And I say that because too often God and the Christian faith are used as a, as a stage for self-glorification. But that's not what we're about. Somehow, Living our lives in such a way that people see God just reflected through us. And as, as I was setting the stage three or four weeks ago for Caitlin to give her testimony at the beginning of this series, I, I shared with you the story in John 4 of the effectiveness of the Samaritan woman. And she like led all these people in her town to faith, but it wasn't because of her capabilities. It was because she just, by her life and her story, she was pointing people not to herself, but to Jesus. That's what is transformative. And she said these words, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. 
Oh, can they see Jesus in us? That's what we want. So you see, this is the art of discipleship from this series. Sure, sharing your story with others and the difference Christ has made in your life. That's what Caitlin did. And then you accompany that with sharing the story of the gospel, the story of Jesus. And that's what Eric and I attempted to model for you on our, on our uh, virtual airplane for two Sundays. The art of discipleship also involves, it involves inviting others to come and see, as I encourage you to do with the cards that were handed out to you for our Easter Sunday. But church, if this other component is not in place, all of that is is so watered down. It also must involve living our lives in such a way that we point people to Jesus. Shining our light. The Apostle Paul, as is, is he was reflecting over his time and his outreach in the city of Thessalonica, and he's writing one of the letters to the Christians there in Thessalonica. It's in 1 Thessalonians he says in chapter 2, verse 8, he said, We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. The gospel proclaimed through our words, through our actions. And then he goes on to say, Surely you remember what we were like. He says, You are witnesses of how we lived among you. You're going to hear that. Church. The world is a witness to how you live. And how you live your life gives a clearer impression of what others will come to know about Jesus and the Christian faith than any of the words that you will speak. Whether or not you ever stand here or on a street corner and proclaim the gospel in those ways. Make no mistake about it. You are a witness and you are loudly proclaiming to others, this is what Jesus is like, this is what it looks like to follow Jesus and to be a disciple of his. So the question is, what impression are others getting of Jesus and the Christian faith as they follow the example of your life? You've likely heard it said, because I've heard it a number of times, I don't go to church because Christians are hypocrites. And I believe that some who say that are using that as an excuse because they're just not into it. But there are some who say that because they see a drastic contradiction between how they see followers of Jesus living and what they hear of a faith that they profess. And so they're turned off and they're turned away. Society is not looking for a spiritual theory. The world isn't as impressed about what you believe that Jesus taught as they are impressed about if you love as Jesus Loved. They're looking for authenticity, which is a personification of what it means to be an authentic follower of Jesus Christ. They're looking for those who live what they believe, whose actions match the words they speak and sing in their buildings on Sunday. They're looking for those whose faith is real to them. And listen, authenticity does not mean 
perfection. The world can look straight through superficial, self-righteous pretensions of perfection and be turned off even more. Authenticity is the sincerity and the transparency and the admission of failure and one's mistakes that has led you to Jesus for help and for hope. I, I think that's what made Caitlin's testimony so powerful, which she shared with us three Sundays ago. It was authentic. Authenticity is, is a key ingredient in the art of making disciples. Are you not here, but there, an authentic follower of Jesus Christ? The 13th century Italian theologian Francis of Assisi is attributed with once saying, preach the gospel at all times, use words if necessary. Now, I don't think the point of that, no, it certainly isn't for me. The point isn't words aren't necessary. The point is, you're preaching, even if you're not here. Your life is proclaiming a message, and it can make a difference one way or the other. My, my dad is, is, is with us today. And dad, I'm sure that you remember this. But right before my grandfather died, he received a, a letter from an individual that he had worked with in his company years and years and years and years ago. And this individual had been a witness to how my grandfather lived. This individual had been so incredibly impacted and so impressed with the behavior and the lifestyle and the integrity and the character of my grandfather that he gave his life to Jesus in baptism. And years later now, this individual as an elder wrote my grandfather a letter to tell him thank you for his example your life is a witness for Jesus. But I do want to say this about this statement, preach the gospel all the time, use words when necessary. Listen, words are necessary. Do not hide behind the excuse that too many hide behind that, well, I'll just be a good example. Because often, I'll just be a good example is basically meaning I lack the courage to open my mouth and share the gospel with others. Romans chapter 10 tells us that the feet of those who bring good news are those who proclaim the words of the gospel. And in that faith that we want to help people come to have in Jesus Christ comes through hearing the message of the gospel. We, we want to be a good example, but we cannot hide behind the excuse of, well, that's what I'll do only. Eric on the airplane of the past two Sundays here needed more than just a nice guy to sit next to on the plane. He needed to know why that guy was so nice. He needed to know the gospel. And, and you perhaps, I've, I've shared this here before, but I'll repeat it. You've heard me tell the story of the fisherman who, after he went home from fishing, his wife said, did you catch any fish today? And he said, no, but I influenced quite a few. He was a real good example. Your influence is huge. The way you live. But you want the way you live to 
to set the stage for the conversation so that people will say, I've got to know what it is about you. You've changed. Then the door is opened for you to share with them your story and how the gospel of Jesus impacted you. Edgar Guest, who's a popular journalist and poet of the previous century, he wrote these excerpts in a poem. This is not the full poem. It's a great poem, but I'm just going to read a portion of it. I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. I'd rather one should walk with me than merely tell the way. The eyes a better pupil and more willing than the ear. Fine counsel is confusing. But examples always clear. The best of all the preachers are the ones who live their creeds. For to see good put in action is what everybody needs. I might misunderstand you and the high advice you give. But there is no misunderstanding how you act and how you live. All travelers can witness that the best of guides today is not the one who tells them, but the one who shows the way. Though an able speaker charms me with his eloquence, I say, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. May we hear and may we live the words of Jesus. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That's the art of discipleship. Now church, let's go and make disciples. Stand with me and let's pray. Father, in whatever way each one of us as individuals need to be convicted, convict us. In whatever way there are changes in each one of our lives that need to have adjustments made so that we can get out of the way of you and let you shine through as God show us what that looks like. And Father, those cards that each one of us received today, may you take those cards and may you lead us and guide us to someone whom we can invite, who can come and see and behold the glory and the power of the resurrection. And most of all, may we, as we leave today, Lord God, may we reflect Jesus to our world. So we're going to go into this time of prayer with this song, and our shepherds are here available to pray with you. If, if you're carrying a heavy burden, and you need someone to pray with you, uh, reach out to them or to someone that you know, or if you know that someone I'm going to encourage you to get out of your seat and go to them. Let's go before God with one another in prayer. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the senior minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. 
sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.